At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball. This is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. A warm up of Elo. Welcome to Lobby Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson. Now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. We've got a great podcast for you guys. In the second segment, it's going to be our good buddy Jeff Parles at Beeson. Does a great job Monday through Friday with a numbers game. And then on the weekends, he becomes our super utility guy in that he has filled in on so many shows during the last few months that he has been all over the place doing a great job there. He is going to be joining me in the second segment. We're going to get the outlook of what we're all currently seeing in the National League East. We're going to be taking a look forward to these Tuesday games as well. And also going to be taking a look a little bit at National League MVP odds as well. So going to have a great job with Jeff in the second segment. Then in the final segment, going to give you guys picks and analysis. Not every game on the betting board for this MLB Tuesday as we touch them all. First things first, always do love to be able to answer your Twitter questions on this podcast. If you got one or two ways to be able to throw those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at June at underscore 81. Keep in mind, letters EM. They mean does not matter, so as per usual, please just send these into the timeline. Other ways, find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you're able to find whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast. Find that five star review. Did wind up getting in a question in regards to team totals, so. Let's dive in. So you have questions, and Greg may or may not have any insight into them, but let's dive into the Twitter mailbag. I know that many people have asked me why I wind up doing more of the normal total rather than team totals, and a big thing for me, for one, is that you'll notice this with a lot of team totals. The juice winds up getting up a little bit higher than on a normal total. If you wind up finding a total with minus 120 juice on either the over or the under, it's a relatively rare circumstance, and certainly if you wind up getting past minus 130. 
and certainly is something that is a little bit of a rarity, but the big reason why I don't wind up gauging in a lot of these team totals is because, for one, you do wind up having a lot of these totals that sometimes they wind up exceeding minus 140, especially when you find, like, these 2.5, for instance, with some of these very, very poopy teams, like we've seen that a few times with the Oakland A's, certainly the Detroit Tigers as well, and they're a team that they're averaging 2.6 runs per game on the road, so they really do warrant those very, very sad and low totals, but that's a big reason why I don't wind up diving into it. On top of that as well, I'm out here in Las Vegas and there's just a couple fewer offerings in general. There's a little bit less of a way to be able to shop around on team totals because they typically do wind up coming out a little bit later and thus you're able to get a better number when it comes to a regular total rather than a team total. So just being able to shop around for a little bit of the better number, being able to reduce the juice, that is a big part of it as well. And typically when you do wind up finding a normal total as well, you've got a little bit more forgiveness because sometimes we wind up seeing some of these lopsided like 10 to 0 games if you've got the over 9 and you wind up taking the team that wound up scoring 0, you're SOL there and obviously it winds up working in the reverse way in which you wind up having a team just destroy the other team by kind of 7 to 0, game winds up being 7.5 with regards to a normal total and well if you wind up taking the team total on the team that wound up scoring 7, you wind up getting there very easily so it's both a blessing and a curse but just being able to reduce the juice and more availability of the line because we've actually noticed this when it comes to more of the I always like to call it ancillary markets of baseball when it comes to like player props, when it comes to anything outside of your normal size and totals. We've actually noticed that East Coast books have done a better job in terms of the offerings and you've got a few more books to be able to shop around at being out here in Las Vegas. It's a little bit more set up for just your meat and potatoes side and totals. So that's why I wind up gauging into more of the normal totals rather than team totals. But I know that many of you guys do wind up engaging into it, which is why when it comes to the normal total that I wind up setting, I also wind up putting what I'd be looking at in terms of a team total as well to be able to help you guys out. So hopefully that answers your questions. Always do appreciate those. So let's take a look back at everything that we wound up getting in the MLB on Monday. Try to find some trends and try to get to know these teams a little bit better. A games from yesterday is Greg buzzing about. Here is the rowdy recap. Spencer Howard with a not terrible start for the Texas Rangers as the Rangers take down the Oakland A's by a can of 10-8. It wasn't necessarily the fault of Spencer Howard as he does give up six hits in five innings and one of those hits was a solo home run going deep for the Oakland A's. Held a noisy third home run season, but it was really Colby Allard that wound up giving up all these runs as Chad Pinder gets a sixth home run season and Ron Laureano his seventh off of Colby Allard who went a third of an inning and gave up five runs all of which were earned including those two home runs. Fortunately for the Texas Rangers, Jose LeClerc was able to give you two scoreless innings. You did have Garrett Richards give up a run in a third of an inning, but Brett Martin, Dennis Santana, they get the final four outs of the game without giving up a run. And for the Texas Rangers, pair of home runs in this one to be able to power them to victory. Kirby Snead winds up giving it up to Josh Smith. First home run season, and Corey Seager gets his 20th home run season. That comes off of Adrian Martinez, and for Martinez, Gives up six runs, four of which were earned over the course of his four and a third innings of work. Kirby Sneed along with Domingo Tapia. They both give up two runs while getting four outs. And Domingo Acevedo was able to give you a scoreless inning. So the Oakland A's demise continues as they are currently sitting at 29-39 and 39 thus far this season. And that is by far the worst record out there in baseball. Everyone else has at least 30 wins. Uh, the Washington Nationals with approximately 30. Not necessarily doing too much better themselves. The Tigers and the Royals aren't necessarily doing too much better themselves. And you wind up seeing the Royals take a pair from the Detroit Tigers. 
3-1 is how I wound up going in game one as Michael Pineda. Wasn't necessarily Michael Pineda, but was far from terrific, giving up three runs, two of which were earned, including a home run to Vinny Pesquinto for Pesquinto's second home run season. That's a fun last name to say. From there, Andrew Chafin, a pair of outs out of the bullpen, Will Vest, two scoreless settings. And for the Kansas City Royals, you really had Brad Keller firing on all cylinders. Gives up one run in seven innings. Taylor Clark, Scott Barlow, both give you a scoreless setting. And then in game two, Things wound up opening up a little bit as we've seen a lot of unders in game twos of double headers thus far this year, but this did not go that way because well, Alex Fajardo did not wind up giving a good start for the Detroit Tigers. 7-3, the Kansas City Royals wind up getting it done as Fajardo gives up four runs and got five outs. From there, the bullpen wasn't too bad. Alex Lang does give up two runs in an inning, but he did have Joey Menez give you a scoreless inning, coupled with Jason Foley, a scoreless inning, and then Tyler Alexander. Three and a third innings in long relief does wind up giving up just one run in for the Tigers. They go 2 of 13 with Ben in scoring position to just continue their sad and pathetic offense as Daniel Lynch, not a great start here, gives up three runs, two of which were earned over the course of four innings. From there, a Royals bullpen that entered into this series said last in terms of bullpen here in the American League. They rose up Dylan Coleman, Scott Barlow, Jose Cuas. I'll give you a scoreless inning, and Angel Zerpa was able to give you two scoreless settings to be able to get that one to the window for the Royals. The Pirates were able to get one to the window against the Miami Marlins, 5-1. The finalist, Mitch Keller, a really good start. Seven innings, gives up one run from there. Chase Young and Yuri De Los Santos both combined to be able to give you two scoreless settings as the Pirates wind up getting a win from a starting pitcher. I believe that it's just the eighth all-season. Jake Marisic was able to go yard off of Jimmy Yacobonis in this one. His first home run season for Yacobonis. He gives up two runs over the course of an inning, and Trevor Rogers has just had a fall off this year. He did punch out seven and five and a third innings, but gave up three runs, two of which were earned from there. Zach Pop, Richard Blyer, they combined to be able to give you two and two-thirds innings scoreless, and for the Miami Marlins, when Daniel Contra has not been starting, it's been a little bit rough for them. This was rough for our good friend of the Minions in Brian Bello, as we know. The little Minions, they say, Hello, and, well, you were saying goodbye to any hope of victory if you wanted betting on the Boston Red Sox. 7-5, the final is Mr. Bellow. He was saying hello to raising his ERA. Gives up five runs over the course of four innings. Not a good start here. Austin Davis, he winds up giving you a scoreless setting, and then Jake Diekman gives up two runs in a third of an inning before Phillips Valdez gives up three unearned runs in his two innings of work. He was hurt by a Bobby Dahlbeck fielding error. And then Caleb Ort was able to give you a pair of outs out of the bullpen for the Boston Red Sox. You were dealing with Rafael Devers being out of the fold in this one. It really did not matter as Matt Weisler, a scoreless setting as the opener, Colin Pooch, Jason Adam. They both give you a scoreless setting as Luke Bart and Josh Fleming both provide three innings of relief for Fleming. Gives up four runs in three innings. He just has never materialized for the Rays. But Luke Bard was able to give up just one run over the course of three innings. And for the... Tampa Bay Rays, 7 of 14 with men in scoring position. First game with Alwander Franco for them, and it went relatively well. It also went relatively well for the DK Nation pick. The Cleveland Guardians wind up taking down the Chicago White Sox by kind of 8 to 4. They had lost 8 out of their last 10 coming into this one, and Lancelin, boy, this guy is just getting lit up. He should not have been given the start as quickly as he did coming off of the injured list. He looked bad at the minor league level, and he just has not been able to recover. Eight runs given up in four innings. From there, Matt Foster, Joe Kelly both give you a scoreless inning and Tanner Banks two scoreless innings, but damage had been done as 
For the Cleveland Guardians, they go 6 of 12 with men in scoring position. Cal Quantrill, far from a great start, gives up four runs over the course of six innings, including home run going deep. That would be Mr. Yohan Moncada, fourth home run of the season, but he did wind up having Trevor Stephen give you two scoreless innings and Emmanuel Classe was able to contribute in a scoreless setting as well. The St. Louis Cardinals had scored three runs or fewer in all but two games here in the month of July. They rose up against Philadelphia Philly 6-1. They wound up getting the win as Aaron Supernola was not so super in this one, giving up five runs in seven innings, including Omar going deep for the St. Louis Cardinals. Austin Dickerson is third Omar on season then. One of my favorite names. Lars Newtbar winds up getting his third home run season as it was an ending for Michael Kelly that he wound up giving up that solo home run in. And then Reese Hoskins on the flip side. Lone form of offense for the Philadelphia Phillies. In the first inning, gets his 18th home run season off of Miles Michaelis. And from there, nobody else could contribute anything as Michaelis goes seven to third innings, giving up that solo home run. Genesis Cabrera, eight scoreless inning. And Junior Fernandez was able to give you a pair of outs of the bullpen. The New York Mets as an underdog with Max Scherzer on the mound. They get it done against the Atlanta Braves by kind of 4-1 to one for Mr. Mamak Scherzer. Seven innings, gives up one run, punches out nine. Did wind up allowing a solo run in this one going deep for Atlanta. Austin Riley, 24th home run season. From there, you did wind up having Adam Adovino and Edwin Diaz both give you a scoreless setting. And Luis Calorme winds up getting his second home run of the campaign. That comes off of Darren O'Day in the eighth inning to be able to put this one really out of reach. Max Fried, not his greatest start in the world. Five walks given up in five innings. More walks than he had given up in his previous four starts combined. Dylan Lee, two scoreless settings, and then O'Day winds up giving up that solo run in his inning of work, and Jake Stevens winds up allowing a run in his inning of work as well. He did wind up having out west the San Diego Padres go to Colorado. They get the win by a count of 6 of 5. Tough one for the Vicent Pentathlon pick of the over of 11 and a half as you have one more run in this one. Manny Machado was able to go deep late in this one. 15th home run season end. This was really a low scoring game until the 7th inning as from the 7th inning on you did wind up having a grand total of 8 runs but for Machado he does wind up going deep off of Lucas Gilbreth who wound up giving up a run and an Jose Ureña did not Ureña all over this game. Winds up giving up 2 runs over the course of 6 innings. Did wind up allowing a home run along the way to Jake Cronenworth. 8th home run season CJ Abrams gets his 2nd of the campaign that winds up coming off of Mr. Jake Bird who gave up three runs in two-thirds of an inning as Carlos Cezavis gives you four outside the bullpen and for the Colorado Rockies. Randall Gritchick gets his ninth home run season off of Sean Manea. Manea, not a bad start here. Gives up two runs, including that homer in six out of third innings from there to Bell Crisman. Five outs out of the bullpen, but allows a run. And then Taylor Rogers. he came in to try to close this game out. Things got air. He got the save, but gave up two runs in an inning along the way. He now is north of a four ERA, so he's been a little bit less than seller. And then the Arizona Diamondbacks, they had the road. They take down the San Francisco Giants by kind of four to three. As for the Arizona Diamondbacks, they do go just three of 14 with men in scoring position, but Mel Kelly was able to eat innings in this one. Goes seventh strong, giving up two runs along the way. Joe Manat Tipley along with Tony Ramirez combined for an inning with Manat Tipley giving up a run, but Mark Melanson closes the door in the ninth inning. And for the San Francisco Giants, not a lot doing with the bat, and Alex Cobb. His just unlucky season continues now. In this one, he did wind up blocking four. That was not so terrific, but gives up three runs over the course of six innings. Jarlin Garcia and Sammy Long both give you a pair of outs out of the bullpen scoreless. Mauricio Lovera, he gets a pair of outs, but gives up a run. And then Dominique Leon, a scoreless inning for the Giants. And if you're looking at the season today in Major League Baseball, it has continued to be a little bit of an underseason thus far. We were seeing a little bit of a rise up in terms of the overs, especially in the early month of June. But take a look at the last three days. 
Things have been ironing out a little bit, and thus season to date, right around 52% of games have one under. 631 unders to 583 overs, and what is still striking to me, home favorites not being able to cover the run line. We have now seen 154 instances where a home favorite, which they are 482 and 335 straight up, have not covered the run line, winning by just one run, and favorites overall this season, 756 and 520, but if you take a look at the last 30 days, underdogs have been having a good run of it, as underdogs sitting at right around 43.2%, 234 and 178 straight up is the record of favorites. And in the time span, nearly 53% of games have won under 208 unders to 185 overs over the last 30 days. And in the last seven days, underdogs, they're having a ball. 52 and 46 are favorites. So underdogs sitting at nearly 47%. And in the time span, 57% of games have won under 55 unders to 41 overs. So that's what we're seeing in Major League Baseball right now. And that's what we wound up getting on Monday. Now let's turn the page forward to Tuesday with our good friend Jeff Parles of VSIM. We're also going to be talking with him about his favorite team, the New York Mets, and the outlook for them against the Atlanta Braves. That is up next right here on the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Craig Peterson, now a part of VSIM Family Podcast. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep experts. <sighs> Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. Indulge your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep experts. Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. 
sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball, this is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. And we're back here in lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now a part of the Beeson Family Podcast, and it is great to be joined by our guest, as Jeff Parles. Does an amazing job over here at the network. You're able to catch him Monday through Friday, helping out Gil Alexander on a numbers game. And on the weekend, he becomes our super utility man. He's been doing some work with Point Spread Saturday, Point Spread Sunday. He is sometimes catching on betting across America. Sometimes you catch him on the Visa Betcast, but you always catch him delivering great content over here at Visa. And to be able to follow Jeff Parles on Twitter, it is easy enough at his name, Jeff Parles. That is Jeff with a J, not a G E. And Jeff, Always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you. Greg, as always, it's a pleasure to join you, buddy. Always good to have you aboard, and it has been a very interesting, we'll call it first 80 or so games of the season, depending upon what team you're looking at, and I know that your team is the New York Mets. What have been your thoughts as far this season? Because now we've got Max Scherzer back in the fold for them. It's been a little bit up and down for them the last few weeks, but by and large, relatively solid season. Now they're going to be kicking off a series against the Atlanta Braves. Yeah, well, look, obviously we're recording this on Monday, so Scherzer and Freed on Monday night is spectacular. We'll see what that result is. I'll say this. I've lambasted the teams that have played the Braves of basically all playing at the level of the 03 Tigers over the last six weeks. But you know what? The team's got to be pretty darn good to turn all their opponents into the 03 Tigers. So So the Braves, look, the Braves and the Mets to me, I think there's a gap between the top three teams in the NL. I think the Dodgers, the Braves, and the Mets. In any order you choose, I will accept any of those, especially with Scherzer making start two as we record this. DeGrom is probably only two weeks away. Mets are only going to get better in their rotation. And I would imagine this this struggle of hitting that they've had uh, it will bounce back and regress to the mean in a positive way. Maybe not as insane as it was early in the year where they had a very high bat but they at least will regress in a positive word or not. 
scoring two or less runs in nine out of 20 games, which is what they've done knowing going into tonight. But look, this is an awesome series. I, I'm the only person on planet Earth seemingly betting on the Mets on Monday. You're going to give me Scherzer at, 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 at plus 120, plus 125. I got it at plus 120. I can't pass that up. Maybe I'm a sucker. We'll, we'll find out. It's just one of those now, though, Greg, where the Mets have nine games off their lead in about five weeks. And it's not like the Mets have played poorly, just that Atlanta has played so out of their gourd that my expectation is that this will kind of come back to the pack a little bit, where this will probably be the best race we have in baseball. And it probably will come down to that next to last series of the year, which would have been the last series of the year without a lockout, where the Mets play Atlanta for three in Cobb County. You know we don't have the tiebreaker anymore. If they're tied after 162, it's whoever wins the season series. Can you imagine that, Greg? Coming down to the final weekend and the Mets and the Braves are either someone's one game up, but if they lose that series, they fall into a tie and the Mets have Washington that last series of the year. So that's a series that if the Mets got to have a sweep, you'd imagine they'd have a sweep. I still expect the Mets to win the division. I expect Atlanta to end up with the four seed. Look, I think being the two seed may have some perks this year where you would get the winner to Central and the six seed as opposed to more than likely playing the Braves or heck if the Padres upset the Braves. That's going to be a difficult five-game series for the Dodgers, who I think are going to end up running away and hiding with the one seed in the NL. Yep, and you speak of the Dodgers. They're going to be on the road on Tuesday against the St. Louis Cardinals. And it's just been interesting to take a look at the Dodgers because they've actually pitched better away from home than they have at home, which that's just so intriguing because typically in Los Angeles or in the nighttime, the ball doesn't fly very much, but these guys have all been a little bit better on the road rather than at home. It is going to be much white starting for the LA Dodgers. So, and I'm not sure about you, but what I find to be very intriguing as well about the Dodgers is that a lot of these lesser arms out there in the bullpen have been terrific, like a Yancey Almonte. You're able to throw on there like an Evan Phillips. These guys have been good. Meanwhile, Craig Kimbrell has been a hot mess. Meanwhile, Matthew Liebertor going to be taking the bump for the St. Louis Cardinals and typically getting like a plus 115 to a plus 125 would be calling my name. But if you see Matthew Liebertor at the minor league level, he's going to be solid. Not his time yet. You know, Greg, let's take the Cardinals first before the Dodgers here. The Cardinals kind of stink against good teams. We've seen it all Three year, runs right? or fewer entering yeah. into this game and all but two of their games here in the month of July, by the way. Yeah, yeah, their offense is lost. And that's what happened to the guy who's on time to be the MVP right now, which, by the way, I think is insane. I would vote, vote, vote Goldschmidt the MVP right now, but he should not be odds on at a lot of books. There are a lot of guys down the board. Pookie Betts and Machado can get out of this slump post-injury. The two of them, probably Betts is probably the best bet on the board in the MVP I'll dive into this in a minute with you, by the way. I've got a suggestion. That sounds good to me. But, Greg, I'll say this. The Dodgers have found it. And the fact that the Dodgers are getting contributions from everyone in their their bullpen, everyone in their rotation – Obviously, the thought was, well, well, Walker Bueller is going to be out a long time. They might be in a little bit of herd. Now, they look totally fine, even with Urias having a few bunkers mixed in there. But the Dodgers are pretty clearly the best team in baseball. Even with the Yankees having that sparkly record in the AL, the Dodgers are better than the Yankees still. I would still take them in a seven-game World Series if that ends up being the matchup. But I think this is more about the Cardinals. I think the Cardinals have kind of showed themselves to be a little bit fraudulent against good teams. They've done what the Brewers did in the past, and that is eviscerate bad teams and attempt to tread water against the good teams. They've really treaded water, and that's why, I mean, we're staring the Phillies, who I thought were going to go completely in the tank with Harper out with the broken thumb. The Phillies are in the sixth seed, and guess what? All of a sudden here, the Phillies look like a, a force 
even without Harper. That's just a testament to how good Schwarber's been whole month of June and now the beginning of July. I would only lay the price with the Dodgers in that game on Tuesday, Greg. I would not touch St. Louis. They just have looked like a bad team against good teams this year. I completely agree. As we do have Jeff Parles of Visa joining me on the podcast. I'm with you on the Dodgers. And here's what I was suggesting when you were talking about National League MVP. I do think that as of right now, Paul Goldschmidt should be number one. But I am surprised that this guy is not on the odds board at all for odds to be able to win National League MVP. Hear me out. I don't know how you don't wind up having Sandy Alcantara in the top three right now. Seven plus innings in each of those teams' last 12 starts with how terrible that bullpen is. You take Sandy Alcantara of the Miami Marlins. I think the win-loss differential without him would be bigger than any other player in the National League right now. I don't know if you agree. I don't know if you disagree. don't know if you think I'm taking crazy pills here or something like that. But this guy, in my opinion, needs to be in the top three in terms of the National League MVP hunt. I think you're stretching slightly. I don't think you're stretching a lot, though. Look, this might actually be... The problem with Alcantara playing on a mediocre team that's in fourth place in their division and playing in Miami. And not in, and it's funny to say Miami, not a huge market, but we know how the Marlins are treated baseball-wise. <laughs> I think you're stretching slightly. Alcantara should run away with the Cy Young. But if he slows down at all, he could lose that award, which would really just be ridiculous if he's not the NL Cy Young when this is all said and done. I'm not going to be totally upset, by the way, Greg, if Alcantara doesn't start the All-Star game. If they want to let Clayton Kershaw start the All-Star Game in Dodger Stadium, and for the first time being an All-Star Game starter is a Lifetime Achievement Award, I don't have a problem with that. The game doesn't count, so I don't really care. (laughs) I think Alcantara, Cy Young-wise, getting plus prices is very nice. If he stays healthy and stays on this pace, he's going to win the Cy Young. I just think there's too many position players in the NL. And in the end here, I think you have, obviously, Goldschmidt right now. But even if he cools and falls out, either Acuna or Alonzo, one of those two guys, Greg, and Acuna's way down the odds boards too, one of those two guys, if either of the NL East teams run away and hide, and Mookie Betts out in, out in L.A., I think those are probably your three non-Goldschmidt guys. I know I mentioned Machado, too. If he gets himself right now, he's going to be back in the race, too. But I think it's more likely... One of those three. And I think Mookie Betts ends up winning the MVP, Greg. You can still get about 10 to 11 to 1 on Mookie Betts at some books. That would be the bet I would make at this moment. And I think the big thing for me, too, with Sandy Alcantara for MVP, the Miami Marlins need to be at the very minimum in the race for the postseason for that to have any legs as well. That is a little bit of a part of it because if the Miami Marlins finish with like 75 wins, then it becomes a very much a moot point. So I will throw that in there as well as joining me on the podcast. We do have Jeff Parles of VEASAN, and we were mentioning it a little bit earlier with that Dodgers versus Cardinals game, how interesting that is going to be. And I know you had brought up the Philadelphia Phillies as well. They wound up playing just a completely random one game against the St. Louis Cardinals on Monday, just the good old 2022 special with everything that we wound up seeing in terms of lockout. Now they wind up going on the road. They're going to be facing off against the Toronto Blue Jays, and I'm not sure about you, but trying to handicap this Toronto Blue Jays team, it has been a little bit of a hot mess. This is currently a TBD situation, but at last check, it looked like it was going to be Jose Barrios going for the Blue Jays. May or may not be Zach Eflin, who winds up in the start for the Philadelphia Phillies. Right now, this is a game that's off the board as we wind up doing it, but if you do wind up getting Jose Barrios, whether it be in this game or 
in a game a little bit further down the line. I'm not sure about you, but out of all the teams that are currently up for a postseason right now, the two pitchers I trust the least as starters are Jose Barrios and Yusei Kikuchi for the Toronto Blue Jays. It's just really hard to be able to bet on these guys. I'm not sure about you, but if I'm able to get a relatively good number with the Philadelphia Phillies, I'm going to fade Jose Barrios once again. Yeah, I don't have a problem with that. I think the other thing also, Greg, uh, that you have to look, the one thing that contradicts what you just said is I'm not so certain of who for the Phillies is actually going to be eligible to play in that game in Toronto because they pu- push Kyle Gibson up because he's not vaccinated. Obviously, yep. go across the border. You got Wheeler will start at some point. Yeah, we expect him to start at some point in this series. I don't have a problem with it because the Blue Jays are reeling right now, and they really looked rock solid of being able to stay in that wild card. And now all of a sudden, Greg, I mean, we enter this week, and they just got swept by the Mariners. The Mariners have won eight in a row. And by the way, this is the first time in this year and a half for Seattle has been competitive where I have finally thought, okay, the Mariners are a playoff team, playoff caliber, and they did it at the expense of the Blue Jays. So I'm just curious to see where Barrios has been totally unreliable. Same with Kikuchi. Obviously, they paid Barrios a ton of money in the offseason. They signed Kikuchi away from Seattle. They need those guys to step up. Uh, even, even with Manoa and Gosman being elite pitchers so far this year, Manoa an all-star, Gosman a snub. Look, I don't trust the Blue Jays. And if it wasn't for the Wander Franco news earlier that he's going to miss a whole bunch of time with surgery, I would have said, okay, the Blue Jays are going to be the team of that quartet in the AL East, the, the top four that we think of, that will miss the playoffs. But they may get a gift with the Rays losing Franco for a while. So, but yeah, no, I have no play in that game, Greg. But again, that's one of those. See who's eligible for Philadelphia. If you like the lineup they got, go ahead, take a shot. Yep, and the benefit that betters have in this one right now is because we don't know who's going to be starting for the Philadelphia Phillies as we record this. No numbers up there, so by the time there is a starter that is down, we should know what the lineup is looking like for the Philadelphia Phillies, so you can maneuver your handicap that way as well. So a little bit of production there, as we do have Jeff Parles of Beeson joining me right here on the podcast, and Jeff We've got a really good board that we're going to be seeing for Tuesday and includes a double dip along the way. So no shortage of games here. Anything that you're looking at in terms of a betting perspective or just maybe a team that you've got your eye on in general because we've got some very good pitchers that are going to be going on Tuesday. We've got some, shall we say, not so good pitchers. I'm looking at you, Dallas Keuchel, that are going to be going on Tuesday as well. Anything really catching your eye? Oh, if we're just going off the watching stuff, it's the Mets and the Braves, obviously. We'll have oh, yeah. to see. Greg, am I seeing this right, that that Garcia's only a dollar thirty at the Angels tomorrow? Am yep. I seeing that right? I mean, look, I know at some point you would hope Noah Syndergaard would actually have some consistency this year. But if you're going to give it these Strohs only at a dollar thirty, dollar thirty-five on the road at the Angels, who have just stunk the better portion of two months now, I don't care that Otani and Trout and all those guys are there. I mean... They're a mess. They're a complete mess. So that would be the one from a betting perspective that I would look at. I'd probably take a shot at the Astros if I'm only going to have to lay a dollar thirty, dollar thirty-five. That's pretty cheap on a team that, I, in the end, I would not be shocked if we end up with a Dodgers Astro Part Two Electric Boogaloo here. Greg wouldn't be shocked there if we end up with that Electric Boogaloo. I like it, and I also like the fact that I'm seeing a total of seven and a half in terms of Diamondbacks versus Giants with Dallas Keuchel on the mound yeah, because he might give up too. eight runs all by himself. Yeah, well, look, that ballpark's a problem. Giants have been all over the place the last month. But, yeah, look, if you're going to get a seven and a half with Dallas Keuchel, I know Logan Webb is on the other end. That might be actually a good over-team total bet on the Giants. Don't even worry about what the Diamondbacks have to do. You could get yourself very easily five runs 
by the Giants by yourself and you're winning now that either that three and a half juice over or four and a half where you're actually getting the plus price. That might be the way to do that. Yep, I don't blame you there. As Dallas Keuchel, fading him has been very profitable for a lot of people out here in lovely Las Vegas. And Jeff, you're a man that you find profit in a whole lot of different sports. I know that you do a great job taking a look at a little bit of everything over here at VSIN. You do a great job Monday through Friday on a numbers game. And then on top of that, on the weekends, like I said, you're our ultimate utility player. You do a lot of different shows. You do them all so well. So let the good people at home know it's all on tap for you and how people can follow along on social media and other platforms. Yeah, at Jeff Parles on the tweets, a mix of things over the next two weeks, Greg. You know, uh, most people go on vacation at this time. Uh, I'm going to have a wedding that I have to go to next weekend. And then after that, basically uh, the month of July, I'm here. So just be on the lookout. A lot of decent stuff coming my way over the next few weeks. And Jeff does an absolutely amazing job just over here at the network, does a great job. You're going to catch him on a lot of different shows. And we always wind up having a lot of vacations this time of year when it comes to not just Visa, but the sports industry in general. And everyone winds up helping each other out when they wind up taking a vacation. And Jeff does an amazing job here at the network. Always great to be able to get him aboard. So big thanks to him for joining me right here on the Baseball Betting Show, now part of the Visa family of podcasts. And coming up next, it is that time of the podcast to give you picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Tuesday as we touch them all. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep expert. Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all. 
But I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because they ain't it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare tired of restless nights meet lisa the sleep experts (sighs) here at lisa we know that good sleep is essential for mental physical and emotional health that's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because they ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep expert. (sighs) Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball, this is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. And we're back here in Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the VEASAN Family Podcast. It is always a pleasure to get our good friend Jeff Parles of VEASAN on. Does an amazing job every Monday through Friday with our good friend Gil Alexander on a numbers game. And then when it comes to the weekend, he becomes the super utility player. And with many people taking vacation this time of year, like I said, not just at Visa, but you're going to sit on insert your favorite sports talk radio slash TV show here. He is going to be doing a lot at the network the next few weeks. And always great to be able to get him aboard. Big thanks to Jeff for joining me in the last segment. Now it is that time of the podcast. I give you picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Tuesday as we 
Touch a ball. If a game is listed on the betting board, Greg has a side and a total on it, so it is time to touch them all. Do note that as per usual, any changes that are made to these plays will be listed up on my Twitter feed at GUnit underscore 81. We are going to be going in Las Vegas rotation order. This is where we wind up going with the National League games first, then the American League games, and then any interleague games. Those are going to be at the bottom. That'll keep things all nice, neat, clean, and easy. Now, we do have a double dip between the Guardians and the White Sox. I will wind up going through those games together just because, well, for one, we've got to be determined pitchers in both of them. And for two, I don't want to be giving you guys pretty much the same list of players twice. So we're just going to do those all together to keep things all nice, neat, clean, and easy. So how about if we start with this first game that is presently off the board, 951-952 on the betting board. It is the Pittsburgh Pirates. They hit the road to face off against the Miami Marlins. Dan Castano is going to be going for the Miami Marlins, and it is currently listed on the betting board as to be determined for the Pittsburgh Pirates, so this is a game that is presently off the board now. It looks like I'm thinking we're going to be getting Bryce Wilson because there's just really nobody else to start for the Pittsburgh Pirates at this point, so I handicapped it as if it's Bryce Wilson, and if it turns out to be a bullpen game, I would have a relatively similar price on this one, but when it comes to Pirates versus the Miami Marlins. I did wind up saying Dan Castano is going to start for the Marlins. Minus 153 in this situation. And Andrew Lesson will be looking at an over 8.5 prior to the under. If it's not Bryce Wilson starting, he's probably going to be seeing some bulk innings in this one. And when it comes to the Pittsburgh Pirates, it's a bullpen that currently ranks in the bottom five of the big leagues over the last three days. So I will say this. I believe now all but eight of their wins have come out of the bullpen thus far this year. And the Pittsburgh Pirates... To their credit, they've got a pair of guys that are able to fill multiple innings in William Crow along Chase DeYoung. Both of these guys have been able to post up a sub-3-5 ERA this far this season, so that is going to be able to help this team out a little bit. And Mitch Keller, to the credit of the guy that wound up starting on Monday, he's been looking a little bit better for this team, so they're able to have a little bit of assurance there. And Kevin Newman, ever since he's come back, speaking a little bit more from a lineup perspective, he's been able to hit north of a 275 for this team. You have past that, Cabrian A's, Ben Gamble, along with Michael Chavis hanging in that pocket about a 242, about a 255. Brian Reynolds as well, but he's been dealing with a little bit of an injury. Daniel Vogelback is starting to get his average up, but you've got guys like Josh Van Meter, Jake Marisnik, Yoshi Satsugo, Diego Castillo hanging at 215 or lower, though I will say, with Reynolds. Couple him with Michael Perez and Jack Swazinski. All these guys have had a three home run game ever since Father's Day. And for the Miami Marlins, it is a little bit of power outage for the team. Ode Soler, along Jazz Chislam, have a deal with injuries. Now, you do have Brian Anderson back in the fold. He's been able to about a 255 for this team. Joey Wendell at the top, hitting in that pocket about a 275. And Garrett Cooper, right around 300. But Aces Aguiar is. Pretty much the only guy in this lineup that currently has a double-digit amount of homers. Loving bombs, hitting about a 250 for him. You've got guys like Jacob Sellings and company that are struggling a little bit. And for the Miami Marlins, it's a bullpen that is in the bottom half of the big leagues. In terms of ERA, Anthony Bass has been able to provide a sub-2 ERA, but Richard Blyer, Dylan Flora, these guys have been a hot mess. Stephen Okert has a sub-3 ERA, and then... With Dan the Man Cassano, he's actually been halfway decent thus far this season, 360 ERA. And what has been good for Dan Cassano has been he's lessened the walks since he wound up getting his appearances the last two seasons. A little bit under three walks per nine innings. Not a guy that's going to have wipeout stuff. 17 strikeouts over the course of 30 innings. And he's actually been a little bit worse at home rather than on the road. 377 home ERA to a 345 road ERA, but it's done a nice job 
being able to hold down the fort and with Bryce Wilson. If he does wind up getting the start, I'm not going to go too much into him because it's a little bit of speculation on my part. It is a case in which he's got a north of 70 ERA. Not much swing and miss stuff. Not necessarily a guy you can rely upon too much. So if we do wind up getting Dan the Man Castano going up against the Pittsburgh Pirates, and Bryce Wilson wound up setting the Marlins at a minus 153, and it'd be a case in which an 8.2 would be my total. So an 8 or less, we'll be looking at an over 8.5 prior to the under. But once again, TBD there. 9.53, 9.54 on the betting board. The New York Mets hit the road faceoff against the Atlanta Braves as Spencer Strider is going to be going for the Bravos. And David Peterson, great name. He's going to be on the bump for the Metropolitans. The Mets are finding themselves as an underdog in the spot anywhere between plus 135 and plus 140. Meanwhile, if you're taking a look at Atlanta, you're going to be getting them in between minus 148 and minus 155. 8.5 is your total. The under is minus 115. The over is minus 105. And when it comes to the total, I did wind up setting it at a 9.1. So I'm going to be looking at an over with Spencer Strider. I absolutely love his swing and miss stuff. The one thing I've got trepidation with is the walks. He has been able to do a good job of being able to reduce some in his last two starts, but he is still issuing right around three and a half walks per nine innings. Now, once again, to his credit, four walks over the course of his last four starts, which is a very, very good sign for the team. And, I mean, his last three starts. You can't say much more than he's went six innings in every one of them. He's allowed a combined one run in his last three starts. I do think that there's going to be regression from that. And you do take a look at David Peterson. And he doesn't just have a great name, but he's also been pitching well. 5-1 record, 3.48 ERA, including a 2.76 ERA on the road. Now, a little bit of a small sample size on the road with 32 and two-thirds innings, but he's given up four home runs in those innings. Opponents starting a buck 95 off of one. The swing and miss stuff for Mr. Peterson. Nearly 10 strikeouts per nine innings. He's been able to keep things out in front of him, giving up about a home run per nine innings. Now, walks are a little bit of an issue with him as well, as he's giving up a little bit over three and a half walks per nine innings. But both of these teams, they back up their pitchers with really good lineups. As you just take a look at the top for the New York Metropolitans, you've got Mark Canna, Pete Alonso, Brandon Nimmo, all these guys in between the 265 to 275. Francesco Lundor hasn't necessarily been there in terms of batting average, but he's been able to supply 60 RBI. Pete Alonso going into Monday. 70 RBI leads the league, 23 home runs, and then for the Atlanta Braves, got a lot of boom when it comes to this lineup as well. Dansby Swanson, he's been able to 300. He's been able to go deep 14 times thus far this season. Austin Riley, he's up north of 20 home runs. He's hitting right around at 285. Ronald Cunha Jr., right around a 370 on base. The team has back Eddie Rosario. Now they've got Robinson Cano in the fold as well. I don't know how much of an upgrade he's going to be from Orlando Arcia, but that remains to be seen. Michael Harris II has been able to do a good job hitting a 3-iron, but the reason why I did wind up making the Atlanta Braves right around about a minus 155-ish favorite myself is that you do have a bullpen that is much better than that of the New York Mets. As a matter of fact, for the Braves, they've been number one in terms of bullpen here in the National League for much of the season. Call me is able to give you multiple innings. Now you've got Tyler Mazik in the fold. Dylan Lee has been posting up a sub-1 75 ERA thus far this season. Will Smith, not necessarily aesthetically pleasing, but he's been able to provide a sub-3 ERA. A.J. Minter has been solid in them for the New York Metropolitans. They've been dealing with a few injuries in the bullpen as well. Colin Olderman has actually been relatively solid for the team, but we've seen a little bit of regression with Drew Smith. He's now posting up a 3 ERA after that. was right around at 2 30 days ago. Adam Adovino has been solid, but Seth Lugo has been a little bit up and down. Edwin Diaz, when you can get to him, he's relatively lights out, but this is a scenario in which I did wind up setting the Atlanta Braves officially at a minus 156 
in terms of money line. I do think that this is a game that's relatively higher scoring in. I was willing to take a plus 130 or greater when it comes to the Atlanta Braves on the run line. Getting them at a plus 135, I'm going to look to reduce the juice. I'm going to take that plus price with the Atlanta Braves to go along with an over semi-total at a 9.1. So that's where we're looking on this one. Braves run line to go along with this total over 955, 956 on the main board. The LA Dodgers hit the red face off against the St. Louis Cardinals. Matthew Libertor is going to be going for the guards, and Mitch White is on the bump for the Dodgers. The Dodgers are frying themselves as a favorite anywhere between minus 132 and minus 135, and for the Cardinals, it's anywhere between plus 115 and plus 125. 8.5 to 9 is your total on the 9. Under is minus 115 to minus 120. The over is anywhere between even a minus 105. On the 8.5, over is minus 120. The under is even. I said the Dodgers more around a minus 160 favorite. I'm going to be willing to lay it here on the money line of the Dodgers, and if you take a look at that run line as well of the Dodgers, you're finding it right around a plus 120. I'm seeing a little bit of a bigger differential on the money line rather than the run line now for the Dodgers. All but six of their wins have come by multiple runs, but I don't want this to be one of those scenarios in which Kimbrell winds up coming in with like a three or two run lead, gives up a few runs, and then this stupidly winds up landing on one because that's exactly what Craig Kimbrell has done thus far this season. But for the LA Dodgers, you certainly have the boom squad that is out for this team with Mookie Betts back in the fold. 20 home runs thus far this season, hitting in the neighborhood about a 275 for this bunch. And then behind him, Cody Bellinger, Freddie Freeman, Trey Turner. They all have 11 home runs now for Bellinger. And they've been doing a lot other than hitting those 11 home runs as he's hitting about a 211. But Freddie Freeman, Trey Turner, they're both hitting in that neighborhood of about a 300. On top of that, Jake Lamb has been able to actually give this team some good at-bats. He, along Justin Turner, Will Smith, they're in between about a 250 to a 260. And Justin Turner getting back to 250 is actually a Herculean feat because this guy was terrible at the beginning of the season, hitting a 326 over the last 30 days. He has certainly been able to find it. He's been dealing with a few ailments himself, but certainly that is a good sign for the team. And for the St. Louis Cardinals, three runs or fewer entering into yesterday in all but two of their games in the month of July. This has been a team in which the offense has went down the toilet bowl. You still have quite a few guys who are able to get on base for the team. Nolan Gorman, Dylan Carlson, Tommy Edmond, Juan Yepes, in between about a 245 to a 260, but you've been noticing that the catcher spot, the third base spot, you've got a few ailments when it comes to the team. Paul Goldschmidt, he's hitting a 340. He's been able to give the team 19 home runs. Nolan Arenado, who's got 17 home runs, hitting right around a 290. He was out of the fold yesterday. you got to figure that he's going to be back, but the injuries for the St. Louis Cardinals have been affecting this lineup. They do have a relatively solid bullpen as Genesis Cabrera is back after he wanted to deal with the field ailments. He's someone that's able to give you multiple innings. Has been posting up right around 225 ERA. Giovanni Gallegos has been relatively solid. Ryan Elsley, sub 2 ERA out of him as well. TJ McFarland is back. That's honestly probably a bad thing. And with that said, on the flip side, you got a bad thing for the Dodgers with the way that Craig Kimbrell has been pitching. North of a 4-5 ERA this season. And Bruce Hader Gradwell has been a little bit all over the place. It's been really these guys like a Yancey Almonte. That'll be able to step up. He's got a sub 2 ERA along with Evan Phillips. And Mitch White has honestly been able to do a solid job of holding down the fort as a starter. Began the year as a bullpen guy, getting nine strikeouts per nine innings. The walks are a little bit unsightly. He's given up right around 3.3 walks per nine innings. But you take a look at him on the road. 3.15 road ERA. He's one of these many, many guys for the Dodgers that have pitched better on the road rather than at home. Opponents overall are hitting a 208 off of him. He's got some relatively solid stuff. Can't really expect him to go much more than five innings, but it's a Dodgers bullpen that is relatively solid. Even someone like Oreas Morante, whenever he's been out there, has been solid. I don't necessarily like David Price coming out of the bullpen. He just feels like it's a little bit washed, in my opinion, for him. But Caleb Ferguson 
be able to do a nice job as well. So I do mind him saying the Dodgers as a relatively hefty favorite. I want the protection of the money line here just because getting a plus 120 on the run line, I would rather it be more like a plus 130 to be able to dive in there. But with that said, I'm going to be willing to dive in because with Matthew Liebertor, 474 ERA, his walks per nine innings is north of a five. And even when he was at the minor league level, he wasn't necessarily doing a great job. Matthew Liebertor in two or three years is going to be a solid pitcher. He's just 22 years old. I feel like he's been rushed up to the big leagues a little bit, and it's been very hit or miss for him. You take a look at his last five starts. Zero runs in five innings, give it up against the Brewers. Four runs in three and a third against the Chicago Cubs. Five scoreless against the Pirates. Five runs give it up while getting, I believe, eight outs against the Philadelphia Phillies. Four scoreless against the Atlanta Braves. He is all over the place right now, and the command does not allow him to go deep in a game, so we're going to be riding with the LA Dodgers in this spot, and this is a total in which I did wind up setting in at an 8.6. I would rather have a 9 under rather than an 8.5 over, so we're going to be looking at a 9 under, and I'm going to be taking a look at the Dodgers. 957, 958 on the main board. The Slime Diego Padres at third face up against the Colorado Rockies. Austin Gumber is going to be going for the Rockies, and Mike Levenger is on the bump for Slime Diego. The Padres find themselves any between minus 131 and minus 140 favorites. Meanwhile, if you're taking a look at Colorado, you're going to be finding them between plus 115 and plus 126. 11 and a half is your total. The over is anywhere between minus 105 to minus 115. Same goes for the under. Seeing a straight 11 at DraftKings as well. The over of 11 is minus 120, and the under is even. I did wind up saying this total at an 11.3. I would rather have an 11 half under, and the only 11 that I'm seeing is at DraftKings, which I don't have access to anyway, so we are going to be taking a look at this total under. And when it comes to Mike Clevenger, not a guy that has necessarily been lending a lot of length thus far, but he's starting to look like the Mike Clevenger of old, getting nine strikeouts per nine innings and walks per nine rate, hovering right around three, neither here nor there, but he's won a full six innings in his last two starts. Did wind up getting shellacked a little bit in his last start against the Seattle Mariners. A Mariners team that, by the way, all of a sudden has been able to get white hot with their bats, but he's been able to do a nice job keeping the ball in the yard, and I think that that's going to be important out there in Coors Field where you've got a Rockies team that they don't necessarily strike out a bunch, and it's a Rockies team that averaged nearly 2.8 runs per game more at home rather than on the road, and their home runs per game rate, that winds up going up to about a 1.3 at home compared to right around .55 on the road, but Austin Gomber has been a hot mess just at home, on the road, you can send him to play in a Paluto, it'd still be a hot mess. 664 home ERA, 628 road ERA, and this is just because he's someone that has been giving up a lot of contact in general. 295 upon his batting average, he's giving up in the neighborhood about 1.6 home runs per 9 innings. At home, that shoots up north of 2 home runs per 9 innings, and the Colorado Rockies don't back him up with necessarily the world's greatest bullpen. Now, I do recognize that over the last 35 days, they've gotten an ERA that's more around a 350, but he still haven't been able to get a ton out of someone like a Lucas Gobreth. Carlos Estevez is posting up nearly a 5 ERA. Ty Block, their long guy, nearly a 6 ERA. Alex Calme has been solid for the scene, but they are without Tyler Kinley for the rest of the season as well. Now with the Colorado Rockies, good news for them is that Chris Bryant is back. He's been able to hit four home runs over the course of the last two weeks, so that's very beneficial for them. And just got a lot of guys in general. They hit the cover off the ball at home as compared to on the road. Brandon Rogers, eight home runs entering into Monday this season. All eight have come at home. C.J. Crone, 20 home runs. 15 of them have come at home. And then for the San Diego Padres, this is exactly what they need to be able to get their offense back online. You've got a pair of guys in Manny Machado and Noah Bizarro. We're hitting above a 300 for this bunch. That's say you do have Oreo Faro, Eric Osmer, in between about a 265 to a 280. You need guys like Jake Cronenworth, Luke Voigt, C.J. Abrams, hitting between about a 225 to a 235 to be able to step up. I do think that they are going to be able to get that in for the San Diego Padres. You've got a little bit more out there in the bullpen as well. Luis Garcia posting up in the neighborhood about a 3 ERA. Craig Salmon has been solved for the team. Taylor Rogers 
has been able to do a nice job of being able to deliver some very solid innings as well. So I do think that this is a Padres team that they are set up a little bit more for success here. I think that if absolutely needed, about Crisman is able to give this team multiple innings, and that should be able to help them out as well with the Rockies. I do think that we're going to see a little bit of regression in terms of this bullpen, but I do think that Gomber going to look a little bit better in this spot because it is a Padres team that they've had a tough time being able to put bat to ball all season long. And if you're taking a look at the run line in this spot with the Padres, you're finding it right around a plus 115. I would rather just lay the right around minus 130 to minus 135-ish than we're seeing on the Padres' money line, not mess with that run line just because Mike Clevenger still is someone that is coming off of a massive injury that costed him all of last season. So looking at the Padres on the money line at an all of an half, going to be looking at an under as well. 959, 960 on the betting board. The years and the Diamondbacks. They hit the road. They're going to be facing off against the San Francisco Giants. Logan Webb is going to be going for the Giants and Dallas Keuchel is on the bump for the D-backs. The Diamondbacks, big underdogs. Anywhere between plus 180 and plus 185. Meanwhile, with the Giants, you're going to be finding them in between minus 202 and minus 220. 7.5 to 8 is your total on the 7.5. The over is minus 120. The under is even on the 8. Under is minus 115. The over is minus 105. I set my total at an 8.2. We have seen a lot of the 7.5s come up to an 8. And even at the 8, I do like this total over because Alice Keuchel is just a complete and utter train wreck. I mean, it doesn't matter where you wind up sending this guy. He just cannot pitch at this point. Ever since he got to Arizona, he's at a sub-16 ERA. Down from his overall season ERA, I'll be 7.63. And you take a look at Dallas Keuchel. He's not getting a bunch of swings and misses this year. Right in the neighborhood, about 6.5 strikeouts per 9 innings. His walks per 9 rate is 5. His home runs per 9 rate is right around 1.35. There's literally no redeeming qualities whatsoever. And when he's been away from home, his ERA is 11.81. It's not good. Meanwhile, Logan Webb has been very good at home. In his last 20 appearances in San Francisco, the team is 18-2 overall. And for Logan Webb, able to keep the ball in the yard whenever he has been in San Francisco. 54 and two-thirds innings at home thus far this season. He has given up as many home runs in San Francisco as Greg Peterson. Zero. Absolutely incredible. The swing and miss stuff, it's not great. It's not terrible. He's been able to get right around eight strikeouts per nine innings. His walks per nine rate that has been in control as well. Right around two walks per nine innings. I do like what I'm seeing out of Logan Webb. The big question is, what are you going to be able to get out of this bullpen? Because it is a San Francisco Giants bullpen that last year they were number one in the big leagues in terms of ERA. You wound up having Buster Posey do a great job of working with some of these guys and in season you don't wind up having that. You do have a couple guys in Camilio Duvall, Jarlin Garcia, Dominic Leon posting up a 3-5 ERA or greater and I will say for Tyler Rogers, he has been able to do a much better job over the last, we're going to call it 35 days, posting up about a 3-5 ERA with that regard but you still have guys like Jose Alvarez and company that have not necessarily been too terrific for this team and with the San Francisco Giants, power numbers have been down this season. You've got two guys that will be able to give you a double digit amount of formers, Jack Peterson along with Will Wilmer Flores. Flores has been able to about a 250. Peterson more in the neighborhood about a 260. But you need the guys behind him to be able to get on bases. Right now you've got just this log jam of guys hitting between, we're going to call it a 227 to a 242. Evan Longoria, Kirk Caselli, Mike Ustromsky, Austin Wins, Yerman Mercedes. You're able to go down the line. Tommy Lasella also in that fold. And then you have Darren Ruff, Brandon Crawford, Brandon Belt all not getting on base for the team for the years and the Diamondbacks. They're a team that has a collective. They're in right around 215 now. They average overall home run and a half per game on the road. That is in the top three of the big leagues. Christian Walker has been able to slug out 21 bombs as far as the season. David Peralta, Dalton Varsho, a combined 23 home runs from those two gentlemen as well, but don't have a lot of guys outside of Joshua Ross and Ketel Marte that are able to get on baseball. But these guys hitting above a 265 and for Rojas hitting more like a 290, but you got guys like 
Buddy Kennedy, along with Varsho, I mentioned a little bit earlier. Alec Thomas sitting between about a 225 to 240. And those are the guys that you really rely upon. So I do think that that's going to be a little bit of an issue. Logan Webb has been absolutely dominant at home the last few seasons. And I think that that dominance is going to continue. I saw the Giants at a minus 270 because I have no faith whatsoever that Dallas Keuchel is going to resemble anything of a halfway decent Saturday. He's backed up by a bullpen that they do have pair of guys in Joe Manatipoli along with Kyle Nelson that have been relatively solid posting up a sub-3 ERA. Sean Poppin has been good as well, but when you wind up having Dallas Keuchel out there, there's a fear that you might not go, th go three innings and then you wind up going to guys like Noe Ramirez, Caleb Smith, these guys posting up a 5-plus ERA. You're getting the San Francisco Giants at a minus 105 run line. I was one to lay more like a minus 130, so I'm going to be taking a look at the over on the 8, and I'm going to be taking a look at the run line of the San Francisco Giants as we wind up now going to this doubleheader of the Chicago White Sox and the Cleveland Guardians. This is going to be both 961-962 and 965-966. Davis Martin and Shane Bieber are going to be going in game number one. And then for the White Sox in game two, Dylan Cease is going to be going for the White Sox. Connor Pilkington is going to be going for the Cleveland Guardians. So we're going to be going with this Martin versus Bieber game first. And that's because right now we've got no numbers up on both of these games. So you're just going to be hearing my handicap on both of these. But that said, in Bieber versus Martin, did wind up making the Guardians a minus 166 favorite and a total in which in eight or less, I'm going to be taking a look at an over. In eight and a half or higher, I'm going to be taking a look at an under. Might be a little bit of change because if you want to take a look at the game between these two on Monday, Neither starter necessarily gave the world's greatest start. The White Sox tried to get all that they could out of Lance Lynn, but he gave up seven runs in four innings, so that was not necessarily too terrific, but for the White Sox, they've been able to do a good job of being able to put back to ball. Right now, you got Tim Anderson hitting well above a 300 for this team. Yo Moncada wanted to return into the fold. He had a home run yesterday. Eloy Menace is now back for this team. You've got Sebi Zavala who's currently hitting above a 300. Luis Robert along with Jose Abreu. Both of these guys have been able to reach base and for Abreu hitting right around 335 over the last 30 days, but you do take a look at the Guardians, and despite the fact that you don't have a lot of home run power, this team, as a matter of fact, I believe that they're dead last in the league in terms of home runs per game when they are at home. You've got a lot of guys getting on base. Steven Kwan, Amit Rosario, Josh Naylor, throw in there Andres Jimenez along with Jose Ramirez. All these guys are hitting at least a 275, and for Ramirez, he has been the RBI guy for this team, north of 60 RBI thus far this season. Framio Reyes had a cataclysmically bad start to the season. Ever since he wanted coming off the injured list, he's looked like a little bit of a new man, hitting right around at 245, five home runs in 70 at-bats going into yesterday since he wanted coming off of that injured list. So that is a good sign. And for the Cleveland Guardians, they've got a little bit of better bullpen, in my opinion. Eli Morgan, Sam Hentages are guys that used to be former starters, so they're going to be able to land a little bit more length. That is going to be more critical for game two, but you've got Emmanuel Class A, just a lights-out closer for this bunch. And then on top of that, you've been able to get James Karinchuk back in the fold. Hasn't looked like himself in his first couple of appearances, but I do think that he's going to be able to round into form. And then even somebody like Nick Sandlin has been able to do a good job, be able to provide some innings for the team. Meanwhile, when it comes to the Chicago White Sox, you have been able to have Ronaldo Lopez along with Jimmy Lambert, a pair of failed starters, be able to give you some good innings out there in the bullpen. But I mean, other than Kendall Graveman and Liam Hendricks, you really can't trust in anyone right now. Matt Foster is north of a 5 ERA. Boy, it's been a tough year for Joe Kelly. He's rocking north of a 9 ERA right now. Jose Ruiz, he's been a little bit better recently, but has been a little bit up and down himself. And then when it comes to this pitching matchup, Davis Martin is not bad. He's someone that has been used in the bullpen. He's been used a little bit as a starter. Three home runs, give it up in 21 innings. His numbers at the minor league, they weren't wipeout good, but they weren't terrible. He gets right around seven ass strikeouts per nine innings. Walks per nine rate is hovering right around three. He's a 
competent starter. Meanwhile, you've got Shane Bieber. I feel like people are just out on him a little bit more than they should be. He's only given up right around 2.3 blocks per nine innings. Strikeout stuff is not quite what it has been in past years, but still, right around nine and a half strikeouts per nine innings. It's actually been a little bit worse at home than he has been on the road this season. Three road ERA. 428 ERA at home, and has given up just one home run and 33 and a third innings at home thus far this season as the Guardians ballpark in general is just not yielding any home runs whatsoever. So this is a spot in which I do wind up saying a total in which an eight or less, I'd be taking a look at an over eight half higher to the under, and I do wind up making Bieber Fever a favorite of right around a minus 166. And then when it comes to 965, 966 between Cease and Connor Pilkington, I do wind up saying the White Sox as a minus 148 favorite. I do think that Cease warrants being a a relatively sizable favorite, and he's been sought on the road this season. Last year, he had some pretty demonstrative home and road splits. Thus far this season, he has been actually much better on the road. Overall, he has been one of the best strikeout pitchers out there in baseball, getting nearly 13 strikeouts per nine innings at a buck 77 road ERA in his seven starts, giving up two home runs over the course of 35 and two-thirds innings. Overall, both home and road, 0.8 home runs per nine innings. Now, the one thing that you do caution yourself with Cease is that he does wind up giving up a lot of walks, a little bit over four walks per nine innings. Length is going to be very big in this one, and when it comes to Connor Pilkington, he has been able to make quite a few starts for the Cleveland Guardians. I really liked him coming out of Mississippi State, and I think that he's got some relative quality stuff. The big thing is just trying to, for himself, be able to lend a little bit of length because he is also giving up quite a few walks. A little bit north of five walks for nine innings. Has been able to keep the ball in the yard, giving up two home runs in his 35 and a third innings. The strikeouts per nine rate hovering right around nine for 15. Home ERA, 395 ERA on the road. And opponents overall hitting a 275 off of him. I do think that might be a little bit of a tough go for it for him. And the big thing for Connor Pilkington is that he is a lefty. And with the Chicago White Sox, they absolutely mash left-handed pitching. They hit nearly 40 points higher against lefties and righties, and their home runs per at-bat rate winds up going up by about 75%. So this is another total in which I wound up setting to where in 8 or less, I'd be looking at an over 8.5 higher to the under, and in this case, White Sox with Cease on the mound, minus 148 favorites. So hopefully I did a good job keeping that nice, clean, and easy for you there. Now we wind up going to the DK Nation pick, 963-964 on the betting board. The Boston Red Sox hit the red face off against the Tampa Bay Rays. Corey Kluber is going to be going for the Rays, and Chris Sale is going to be on the bump for Boston. Boston is finding themselves in between minus 118 to minus 120 favorites. Meanwhile, if you're looking at the Rays, you're going to be finding them anywhere between even money and plus 110. 7.5 is your total. Under is minus 115, and the over is minus 105. I set the Rays as a minus 133 favorite. I'm going to be going with them with the DK Nation pick. As for the Boston Red Sox, they're going to have a pretty tired bullpen after Mr. Brian Bello did not wind up giving the start that they were necessarily hoping for. And for Boston, this has been a team that has been able to rip the cover off the ball. Jaron Duran, Christian Vasquez, here both throwing their Sander Vargas, J.D. Martinez, all these guys have been able to hit a 280 or greater, including Rob Revsnyder as well. Revsnyder all of a sudden has been able to give the team something, but you are dealing with a Rafael Devers injury that should be hurting this offense a little bit. He's their top home run getter. You take a look at the guys that were out there for the team yesterday, and really Trevor Story is your best guy at being able to go deep 15 home runs as far as the season, but I still feel like, and I think a lot of people would agree, you expect a little bit more than a 225 batting average out of him. And for the Tampa Bay Rays, Juan Franco being out the fold, that does wind up hurting them a little bit as you right now got guys like Josh Lowe, Luke Rayleigh, Tyler Walls, Vida Lebrujan, Brett Phillips sitting below the Mendoza line of a 200. But you still have G Manchoy, Yandy Diaz giving you north of a 390 on base. Radio Dos Arena, he's been able to 255. Isaac Paredes, when he's been out there as well, eight home runs over the last 30 days. He has been incredible for this bunch. And the Tampa Bay Rays, they do know how to 
to mix and match in terms of their bullpen as well. They did wind up having to use up Josh Fleming in a little bit more of a bulk role yesterday, but Jason Adam, he's been able to provide a sub-2 ERA. Colin Pooch has been very trustworthy on the bullpen for this team as well, as he's been able to give you right around a 2 ERA. Brooks Raley right around a 3-2 in terms of his ERA as well. And for the Boston Red Sox, not necessarily a great bullpen for the team. Erikazu Sadabona has been able to do a very solid job. He's posting up right around 3 ERA. And Jake Diekman has really been able to blossom throughout the season as well, but I just don't have high hopes for Chris Sale. I mean, it comes down to that. He did not look like himself when he wanted going out there last season. You take a look at some of the rehab that he wound up doing this season, and he's most famous this season for having that big giant blow up after he wound up giving out. I think it was something like a bases loaded walk when he was down at the minor league level. He completely exploded, wound up throwing a whole bunch of things. That doesn't necessarily look like a guy that you want to be having a lot of faith in. And with Chris Sale, he wasn't really going north of five innings last year anyway, so that's a little bit of an issue that you've got with him. He wound up making four rehab starts while he was down there at AAA slash AA. They swing and miss stuff. It was very, very solid. But with that said, he also had five walks per nine innings as well. And now he's going up against the Tampa Bay Rays. So I do think that you've got some issues there. And I do think that Chris Sale not going to be firing all cylinders in this start. Meanwhile, you've got the Klubot who has been able to do a relatively solid job for the Tampa Bay Rays. He has been able to do a nice job of being able to have the walks be more, much more in control rather than what he was with the New York Yankees last season. Last season, it was not necessarily the world's greatest sign of command for him thus far this season. He's been able to go out there and he's been giving up right around 1.4, 1.5 walks per nine innings, one home run per nine, 362 ERA overall, and he's been at his best when he has been in Tampa Bay as Kluber, 308 home ERA compared to a 409 ERA on the road. So, I want to make the DK Nation pick the Tampa Bay Rays in this spot. The Red Sox, even without Rafael Devers, they've got a relatively solid lineup, so I did wind up saying my total a little bit north of 8 as well, so the DK Nation pick on the Rays' money line, and we're going to be taking a look at the over 965-966, part of Guardians versus White Sox, so we go 967-968 on the banking board. The Oakland A's hit the road to face off against the Walker Texas Rangers as Glenn Otto is going to be going for the Rangers as James Caprillion is on the other side for the Oakland A's. Your total on this game is 8.5 over is minus 120. The under is even for Texas. They are back to being a favorite. Anywhere between minus 160 and minus 170. Between plus 143 and plus 152 is going to be your price on Oakland. And with the Oakland A's, I want up sending them an underdog of a plus 184. There's just no taking them in the spot. Meanwhile, for Texas, if you're looking at the run line, anywhere between plus 120 and plus 125, and I was willing to take it at even money or greater when it comes to Glenn Otto. He has had his ups and downs. Throughout his career, he's going to need to lock in in terms of the walks. But James Caprillion, he's got similar issues. And James Caprillion does not have the same swing and miss stuff that you're going to see out of Mr. Otto. As you take a look at what Glenn Otto has been able to do thus far this season. And it's been sort of zigzag between really, really good and really, really bad starts. He's been giving up a little bit over five walks per nine innings. The home runs per nine rate relatively in control right around one home run per nine innings. But two runs of fear surrendered in three out of his last five starts. The other two starts in that fold, he wound up giving up a combined 10 runs in six starts. So you either get really good Glenn Otto or you get really bad Glenn Otto. There's no real in-between with Glenn Otto. And right now he's got an 802 home ERA compared to a 330 ERA on the road. I do think that a little bit of this is just based on who he wound up facing off against at home. And I do think that there's going to be positive progression going up against an Oakland team that I'll get into in a second that they just stink on offense. Meanwhile, for James Caprillion, he's given up right in the neighborhood about 1.8 home runs per nine innings. Strikeout stuff is not there. He's getting right around six punch outs per nine innings, four and a half walks per nine innings. Uh, what I will say for Caprillion is that he's been able to find it a little bit more recently. And his last four starts, he's given up three runs or fewer in every one of them. And Demons actually went two and two in those. But that said, he's also gotten more than three runs of support in just one of those starts. 
because this is an Oakland A's lineup that completely and utterly stinks. They had a tough time hitting Spencer Howard yesterday, and Spencer Howard is one of the worst big league pitchers I have seen in a very long time. So, it's not necessarily too great, and take a look at that starting lineup that the Oakland A's wound up th- throwing out there yesterday, and they didn't have a single guy hitting above a 240 in the lineup, and you've got one guy in Seth Brown that has been able to give you a double dish amount of homers, and that's because he's at 10 right now. Meanwhile, for the Texas Rangers, you've got Corey Seager who's been able to catch some fire, hitting a 245. He's up to 19 home runs thus far this season, and you've got a lot of guys hitting sort of in that neighborhood of, I would say, about a two. 30 to a 245 Seager. I mentioned Adelise Garcia, Marcus Simeon, Josh Smith, Cole Calhoun. They're all in that fold. And then you've got Nate Boat, double digit amount of formers, hitting a 275. And on any given night for the Texas Rangers, out of their nine starting position players, you're typically going to have seven guys hitting a double-digit amount of homers, and for the Texas Rangers. Bullpen has been very solid for the scene. Brock Burke has been able to provide a sub-2 ERA. Joe Barlow recently has been a little bit more shaky, but still has been able to do a relatively solid job for the scene. Matt Moore has posted up a sub-2 ERA. Dennis Santana seeing some regression, but he, Garrett Richards, both posting up sub-3 ERAs. And then for the Oakland A's, Sam Mull, A.J. Puck, you're able to throw in there Zach Jackson, Domingo Acevedo, all between, I would say, about three to four ERAs. You've been able to get a little bit more out of A.J. Puck and Sam Mull this season, but both of these guys seem to be regressing a little bit. And then when you wind up getting into some of the longer guys like Lou Trevino, Kirby Sneed, it has been absolutely terrible for them. You've got a pair of guys that have got walk issues with regards to the starters, but you've got an Oakland A team that I don't know if they're going to be able to score two runs if you do wind up taking a look at an over in this spot as well, as I think that they're going to make Lenato look pretty darn good in this spot. I do wind up setting my total at an 8.1, so this is a spot in which I had an 8.5 looking at an under, and with the Texas Rangers, I think that if they put up three runs, that might be enough to be able to cover this run line. I'm willing to take them, laying a run and a half, and I'm going to be taking a look at the under. 969, 970 on the banging board. You've got the Detroit Tigers in the road face-off against the Kansas City Royals. Chris with the K, Bubich is going to be going for the Royals, and Bo Bariski is going to be on the bump for Detroit. Detroit, a little bit of an underdog here. Anywhere between plus 110 and plus 115. Meanwhile, if you're taking a look at the Royals, it's anywhere between minus 120 and minus 130. A is your total. The over is minus 120. The under is even. When it comes to the Royals, I did wind up saying them in more of a mid-130s favorite range. Minus 138 to be exact, and with Chris with the K. Boobich, when he does wind up getting out of the first inning, because he's already had two starts this season, in which he has failed to get out of the first inning, he's actually been halfway decent as Outside the first inning, he's got a sub 4-5 ERA. In the first inning, it's been just so bad that it's not even funny. I have no idea how. I have no idea why, but it's been intriguing to take a look at. But you do take a look at what we've been able to get out of Chris with the K. Boobich, 777 home ERA, 592 ERA on the road. And much of it is because he has been giving up the deep ball a bit, right around 1.7 home runs per nine innings. And the walks, those are killing him as well. Nearly six walks per nine innings. But you take a look at this Detroit Tigers lineup, and it is bad. It is really, really bad as you've got Jamir Candelario, Cody Clemens, Jonathan Scope, Spencer Torkelson, you have a throw in there, Javi Bias, Robbie Grossman, all these guys currently hitting a 215 or lower. And Javi Bias with his nine home runs entering into game two of the double dip leads the team as the Detroit Tigers enter in, into Monday with fewer home runs as a collective than Aaron Judge and Anthony Rizzo on the New York Yankees. That just speaks how bad this lineup is. Miguel Cabrera sitting right around 290 for the team, and it's really your lone redeeming quality for the team. Meanwhile, for the Kansas City Royals, Andrew Benatendi has been solid for the team. He and Ed Alvarez 
are both hitting above a three-hour. You've had guys like Bobby Wood Jr. being able to pick up a little bit of steam, a double-digit amount of homers. He's now hitting above a 245. he He's been having himself some relatively nice series for the team, quite a few multi-hit games, so that is very encouraging because you got quite a few guys like a Vinny Pasquinto, Ryan O'Hearn, Kyle Isabel hitting below a 225 for the team. NJ Lendis has been a little bit rough with Merrifield hitting between about a 235 to a 240. You just expected a little bit more out of him. And for the Royals, they do not wind up backing up Chris with the K. Bubich with a very good bullpen whatsoever. As a matter of fact, Taylor Clark, because he's been a little bit better recently, has gotten his ERA down to a 4. Amir Garrett, just a complete and utter waste of a roster spot north of a 6 ERA. This guy's been absolutely terrible all season long. Wyatt Mills they're trying to pick up a little bit of lightning in a bottle with him. Not happening. Anel Zerpa, he is not someone that you can necessarily trust in as well. Meanwhile, you take a look at the Detroit Tigers and for all their faults, this is a bullpen that in terms of ERA, they're in the top five in the league as been able to really get some good innings out of Michael Fulmer this year. Sub 2-5 ERA. We've had Joey Menez be able to do a solid job for this team. Even someone like a Jason Foley wound up having a little bit of a rough start to the season. He's overall for the season got a 3.60 ERA, but has been able to do a very solid job of being able to hold down the fort for the team in some big spots thus far this season as well. So I do like this Tigers bullpen. Do not like the lineup whatsoever. And for Bo Brisky, who's going to be getting the start for Detroit, you just feel like the regression monster is just absolutely licking its shelves. He's got a 4.16 ERA. Despite the fact that he's giving up right around 1.6 home runs per nine innings, his walks per nine rate is three. He doesn't get a lot of swings and misses with right around 6.2 strikeouts per nine innings. And somehow, some way, he gave up two hits and six and a third innings on the road against the Chicago White Sox a couple nights ago. This is just not sustainable right here for Bo Brisky. He's actually had a 513 road ERA, 1-5 record, but, I mean, he's giving up nine home runs and 40 and a third innings. That should actually be significantly higher than it is. He gives up a lot of contact. He doesn't have a lot of swings and misses. I do think that this is a spot in which the Kansas City Royals do get to him, and I think that Chris with the K. Bubich actually has some relatively solid stuff. I think that he's going to do a good job keeping an absolutely terrible Tigers lineup at base. So I did what I'm saying. My total at 8.2. Tigers have hit over 60% of their games. The under, we're going to continue to ride this. The Kansas City Royals made them a minus 138 favorite. So, looking Royals, and I'm going to be taking a look at this total under. For the Vicent Pentathlon today, we are going to be picking a favorite, and this is going to be the game that we're going to be going with. 971-972 on the banking board. The Houston Astros, they throw it to face off against the LA Angels. Noel Thor Syndergaard is going to be going for the Halos, and Luis Garcia is on the bump for Houston. Houston is finding themselves in between a minus 120 to a minus 130 favorite. Meanwhile, for LA, it's anywhere between plus 110 and plus 117. 8.5 is your total. The over and the under, anywhere between minus 105 and minus 115. Pentathlon pick for the favorite is going to be on the Astros. I wound up saying them as a minus 146 favorite. You've got an Astros team that they're in the top two in terms of the big leagues, in terms of ERA, and then on top of that, Luis Garcia wound up having some bad home and road splits last season. He has been absolutely masterful on the road thus far this season. A guy that overall has been getting right around 8.5 to 9 strikeouts per 9 innings. Deep ball's been hurting him a little bit, right around 1.6 home runs per 9 innings, but ball doesn't travel out at night on the West Coast so much, and for Luis Garcia, 237 ODR in 7 starts, has given up 5 home runs in 38 innings away from home, but opponents are in just a 
211 off of him. He's been able to cut down on the walks, giving up right around 2.4 walks per nine innings in. While North Thor Syndergaard has been significantly better at home than on the road. 262 home ERA compared to a 596 ERA on the road. Swing and miss stuff just has not been there for him this season. He's getting right around 7 strikeouts per 9 innings. Has looked a little bit better recently for this bunch. 5 plus strikeouts in each out of his last 4 starts, but certainly that is a little bit of an issue that you wind up having with them for Syndergaard. Has been able to keep the ball in the yard, giving up right around 1 home run per 9 innings, and the Astros are going to be missing Jordan Alvarez. He did wind up hitting the injured list. Someone who has been just amazing for the team. Hitting above a 326 home runs, but you still have a lot of gas with regard to this Houston Astros lineup as Jose Altuve has been able to do a nice job reaching May, sitting at 280. He's been able to deliver 17 home runs. Kyle Tucker has 17 bombs. He's sitting about at 260 himself. Alex Bregman hitting just a 240, but a 360 on base. He's got a double-digit amount of formers. Jer- Jeremy Pena dealing with a little bit of an injury. That has hurt the seam, and the entire catcher spot has been terrible, whether it be someone like Jason Castro or Martin Maldonado. These guys have not necessarily delivered, but Elamendi's Diaz coupled with Yoli Gurriel, they're starting to pick it up. These guys wound up having really Really bad starts to the season, but you take a look at what these guys have been able to do over the last 30 days. It's been a nice little upswing, especially for Gurriel, hitting about a 265 over the last 30 days, over the last 15 days, hitting above a 300 of them for the LA Angels. This team is just in an almighty funk right now. Mike Trout is in one of the worst slumps that we've seen in a long time from, but he's still Mike Trout. He's still hitting for 24 home runs, hitting about a 270 for the team. Jared Walsh, Lancho Otani, we combined 32 home runs for both of these gentlemen as they're both hitting between about a 245 to a 255. Brandon Marshall, he's hitting at 225 in the bottom of the lineup with guys like Andrew Velasquez, Matt Stassi, guys like this. It has been terrible. And for the Angels, I speak of how good the Astros bullpen is. I do think that there's going to be a little bit of regression for Rafael Motero. Right now, he's sub-2 ERA. Ryan Sanic has been able to give you a sub-1 ERA along Seth Martinez. I actually think that Ryan Presley has been a little bit underperforming this season and a little bit unlucky, but you take a look at the Angels and you've got a trio of guys in Aaron Loop, Ryan Tapera, along with Rossi Iglesias, your 7th through ninth inning guys, all posting up a 350 ERA or worse. If needed, you can get a little bit of length out of Aime Berea and Jose Marte has actually been able to give this team a couple solid innings along with Jose Quijada, but Elvis Piguero, he enters the building and he leaves with an 871 ERA, so it's been far from terrific. I do think that the Houston Astros should be able to take it to LA, even though Jordan Alvarez is going to be out of the fold moving forward for the Houston Astros. I do want to sing the Astros at a minus-145 favorite, so that is going to be our Vicent Pentathlon pick, taking a favorite here with the Astros, and I did want to make my total in 8.3, so taking a look at a total under in this spot as well. The Astros they played over 60% of their games the under, thanks to just an amazing bullpen and pitching staff in general, so looking under, and with a Pentathlon pick, looking at the Astros, 973-975 on the betting board. The Washington Nationals they are going to be playing those to the Seattle Mariners. Chris Flexen is going to be going for the M's and Josiah Gray is on the bump for Washington. Washington is finding themselves in a relative pick game. You're going to be finding them as bad as a minus 105, as good as a plus 101. Meanwhile, if you're looking at Seattle, you're going to lay up to a minus 111 with them. Going to get as good as a minus 105. 9.5 is your total. Juice is all over the place here as the under saying between minus 110 and minus 120. The over saying between even a minus 110 and with Seattle I did wind up saying them as a favorite of minus 124. Chris Flexen, very much a pitcher contact guy going up against a team in the Washington Nationals that they're currently dead last in the National League in terms of home runs on a per game basis. You do have
have Juan Soto all of a sudden has been able to find a little bit of something. 17 home runs thus far this season. On base percentage still right around a 400, but I mean, he's hitting at 243. You expected more from the odds on favorite to win National League MVP coming into the season now. Over the last 30 days, hitting a 444 with six home runs. So as a terroristic sort of stretch there, but certainly you need a little bit more around him as you've got a lot of guys that have seen a dip in terms of their batting average as you've got Keep Better Wees throwing their Soto, Cesar Hernandez, Nelson Cruz, Mikel Franco, all in between about a 235 to a 255 in the case of Ruiz, everyone else, a 243 or lower. Josh Bell has been amazing for the scene, 12 home runs, hitting a 300, but past that, it's been a relatively rough lineup, and for the Seattle Mariners, I believe that they're now riding an eight-game win streak. This team has gotten hot at the right time, and it's been coming with Jesse Winker dealing with a little bit of suspension, but they've been able to find power from Julio Rodriguez along with Eugenio Suarez. We have guys giving you 15 home runs and a 335 on base with Rodriguez hitting a 275. His stolen base count at 21. One of the best out there in the big leagues. And you do have J.P. Crawford getting on base for you. He's been able right in the neighborhood about a 265 along with a little bit of an unheralded outfielder in Sam Haggerty who's been able to give this team some good at-bats as well. And then on top of that, you've had quite a few guys that they've just been not necessarily getting on base for the team. Dylan Moore, Abraham Toro, you're able to throw in their Cal Raleigh. They wound up giving a few at-bats to Justin Upton and didn't wind up working out. All these guys hitting a 200 or lower, but the real Chico deer for the Seattle Mariners has been over the last 35 days. They've got a sub-3 bullpen area that has been the second best out there in the big leagues of the New York Yankees, and Ken Giles has come in. He's been able to give the team some very solid innings. Penn Murphy is posting up right around 2 ERA. Ryan Baruki, Paul Seawald, they've got right around a 2-5 ERA apiece. Andres Munoz, after a bad start to this season, he's really been able to pick it up. And then you do take a look at Mr. Flexen, who I mentioned is a little bit more of a pitch-to-contact guy. He's been consistent home to road. 392 home ERA, 407 ERA on the road. Overall, he's given up 1.1 home runs per 9 innings, a 3.2 walks per 9. You'd like to see him cut down on that a little bit just because he is someone that relies upon being a pitch-to-contact guy. And for Josiah Gray, he's actually been doing a very solid job recently. If you take a look at what he's been able to do over the course of his last six starts, he's given up three runs or fewer in all but one of them in the one that he wound up getting lit up in. It was honestly too terrific. And for Josiah Gray, he's been terrible at home. He's got a 214 road ERA compared to a 642 ERA at home as he's given up 11 home runs and 40 and two-thirds innings. I do think that a little bit of positive progression is going to be coming his way there. And as a result, I did wind up setting my total at an 8.9. I think that this total is set too high here. Flexen, I think, is going to be able to keep the ball in the yard. And for Josiah Gray, he's been getting a little bit unlucky at home with the deep ball. But this is ACL Mariners team that they've been able to figure it out with the bullpen. And for the Washington Nationals, they've not been able to do so. Andres Machado is posting up north of a four ERA. Kyle Finnegan has been lost all season long. Tanner Rainey is supposed to be the closer. He's got right around a 3-5-ish ERA. It's been really rough sledding for Carl Edwards Jr. in recent days as well. Jordan Weems is posting up a 6 ERA. So this is the spot in which I do mind saying the Mariners at a minus 124 willing to take the M's on the money line, and with this total at 9.5 looking at an under, 975-976 on the betting board, the New York Yankees are going to be playing those Cincinnati Reds. We are in a Cincinnati and they're on to Graham Ashcraft getting the start for them, and Garrett Cole is going to be on the bump for the Yankees. Yankees are the biggest favorite on the board, anywhere between minus 290 and minus 305. Meanwhile, anywhere between plus 240 and plus 268 going to be your price on Cincinnati. Your total on this game, it is 8 overs anywhere between minus 110 and minus 120. The unders anywhere between even a minus 110, and when it comes to the Yankees, set them as a minus Minus 334 favorite. Run line is going to be relatively chalky. I'm right now finding that anywhere between minus 135 to a minus 140. I set it more around like a minus 160. So this is a spot in which I'm going to be taking a look at the Yankees on the run line. I think that they should just completely dominate this game as Graham Ashcraft. Regression is all over it with him as 
He's been doing a good job of not giving up a lot of walks. His walks per nine rate is right around 1.7, so he's been able to do a solid job there, but he's a pitchy contact guy, giving up less than a home run per nine innings. His strikeouts per nine rate, you're finding that right in the neighborhood about five and a half, and Garrett Cole, he has been able to mow them down all season long. A guy that has been able to give you right around 11.2 strikeouts per nine innings at home. He has been at his best 231 home area compared to a 425 ERA on the road. Now, he has been giving up the deep ball quite a bit, despite opponents hitting just a buck 99 off of him. He's been Given up right in the neighborhood about 1.4 to 1.5 home runs per nine innings. But even with the Yankees having a little bit of a rough go of it out there in Boston over the weekend, they still have one of the best bullpens out there in the big leagues. You really don't want any part of a role to Chapman, but if he comes in, as we found out in that series, he's probably going to be coming in in the sixth inning. Clay Holmes, a sub one ERA. Michael King has been able to do a very solid job for the team. Sub three ERA. Lucas Lutke has a 270 ERA. He's able to give you multiple innings. And in his last 10 appearances, spanning 13 and two thirds innings, has allowed just one run. He has come on very strong for the team. Wadi Peralta has certainly been able to do his part for this Yankees bunch as well for the Cincinnati Reds. Right now, they are nearly a full point on their ERA out there in the bullpen clear of anyone else. They have been absolutely terrible now. Alexis Diaz back in the fold for the team. He and Jeff Hoffman posting up sub-3-5 ERAs. That helps this team out a little bit, but when you wind up having Luis Sessa, the former Yankee, along with Buck Farmer throwing their someone like Hunter Strickland, all posting up a 499 ERA or greater. That makes it very tough. Joel Kunal is not necessarily been too terrific for the Cincinnati Reds. This is a bunch that they're averaging nearly a run and a half per game more at home rather than on the road. Their opponents have been feasting on their inability to be able to get on base when they are on the road as their on-base percentage winds up falling by nearly 40 points. They're hitting right around at 220 on the road, though you do have Brandon Drury, who's been able to do a nice job being able to go yard for the team. He's hitting right around 275. He has pounded out 18 home runs thus far this season. They've been dealing with a little bit of an injury to Joey Votto. He's been on the fold for the team, though. I will say Donovan Solano, he and Brandon Drury in between about a 275 to a 288. You've had Alberto Morris Jr. start to regress, but you've got Taylor Naquin, Tommy Pham, Matt Reynolds all in between about a 245 to 255. Jonathan India, a little bit of a rough year for him, but you dig a look at the Yankees and you got to figure that these stats are going to be going up with the series for them as Aaron Judge has been absolutely incredible. He and Anthony Rizzo have combined 52 home runs thus far this season. Rizzo only hitting about a 225, but more like a 335 on base. And you've got a lot of guys behind Mr. Aaron Judge that have been able to get on base. Matt Carpenter hitting a 344 and he's getting a whole Home run every 6.4 at bats. It's incredible what we're seeing out of him. And then on top of that, you've got Marwan Gonzalez, Isaiah Canerfalefa, DJ Turner Duplamayu, Glaber Torres, Jose Trevino, only between a 250 to a 268. You've been able to be able to give you 13 home runs. John Carlos Sand is up to 22 bombs, hitting just a 236, but he's been rock solid as well. I think that this should be completed under Yankee domination. I am willing to lay the run line in this spot. Semi-total in an 8.2 because I think that the Yankees, they're going to be able to get north of five runs all by themselves in this game. So, looking Yankees run line, and I'm going to be taking a look at this total over as well. We move on to 977, 978 on the bank board. It is the Philadelphia Phillies. They're going to be on the road. They're going to be facing up against the Toronto Blue Jays. It is to be determined on both sides for this pitching match which is why this game is currently off the board. Right now, ESPN is showing Jose Barrios going for the Blue Jays, and speculation is that Zach Eflin might be able to come off the injury list and go for the Philadelphia Phillies. If we do wind up getting Eflin against Barrios, I did wind up setting the Blue Jays as a minus-162 favorite, and semi-total in a 9.3 with a 9 or less being a take on the over 9.5 prior to the under. Obviously, we have got a little bit of speculation there as it would be Zach Eflin's first start in darn near a month. He's been dealing with a few ailments, so that has been hurting this team a little bit, but you know it has been hurting this Blue Jays team. Bad pitching in general. They are in the bottom half of the big leagues in terms of bullpen ERA and for Jose Barrios. 
The one redeeming quality is that he's actually been significantly better at home rather than on the road. He wound up having this habit with him in Minnesota as well, but for Jose Barrios overall this season, 1.8 home runs per nine innings surrendered. Hasn't necessarily given up a lot of walks, but the swing and miss stuff just way down with him. 7.3 strikeouts per nine innings, but 3.23 ERA, 7.15 ERA on the road, and opponents are in right around 75 points lower off of him at home rather than on the road, and if you do wind up getting Zach Eflin for the Phillies, I'm not going to dive too much into him because still a little bit of speculation at this point. He has been Eflin awful on the road thus far this season. He's got a 437 ERA overall, but Buck 95 home ERA, 726 ERA on the road. This is despite the fact that he's given up just three home runs at 31 innings on the road, but opponents setting a buck 73 off of him at home, 331 off of him on the road. You gotta feel like there's positive progression doing from on the road, negative regression doing from at home, but with the Phillies, this team over the last 20 or so days, they've got the top open ERA out there in the big leagues. Corey Knable has been able to do a solid job in his seventh inning role. Mark Capella has been able to give this team a couple solid innings. Brad Hand has been able to give you right around a 2-3-5 ERA. Andrew Bellotti has been able to do a solid job holding down the fort, and this is a Phillies bunch that you do have quite a bit of firepower when it comes to this lineup. Kyle Schwarber entering into Monday, hitting just a 2-22, but north of a 3-30 on base with 28 home runs thus far this season, and you've got a lot of guys that they are able to move the line is Alec Bohm. He's been able to give you right around 275 batting average. Matt Fearling, Ario Munoz, Didi Gregorius, JT Riumito, Nick Cassianos, all these guys in between about a 242, 250. And then on top of that, Reese Hoskins, he's got 17 bombs as far as the season. And you take a look at what Hoskins has been able to do over the last 30 days, hitting a 300 with a 410 on base with six home runs. He has really been able to pick it up for this bunch. And then for the Toronto Blue Jays, you've got George Springer, coupled with Bobachet and Vlager Jr. at the top. All these guys really, other than Springer, are in, in between about a 250 to a 260 with Guerrero being able to pound out 19 home runs as far as the season. Springer and Bachet, they've got a combined 31 home runs between the two of them. Alejandro Kirk, don't call his name, he's hitting right around a 310, 400 on base. He's been solid. Lourdes Correal hitting nearly a 300 as well, but the bullpen of the Blue Jays does have to give you some pause as Anthony Panda has been awful all season, north of a 5 ERA. Yimmy Garcia, he returns to fold, and that's going to be very big for them. He's posted up a sub-3 to 5 ERA, and Jordan Romano hasn't been bad as a closer to Mesa, David Phelps. Both of these guys have right around 3 ERA, but Adam Simber has been a little bit all over the place. Sergio Roma has submerged his ERA to north of a 6 as well, so this is a spot in which I do think that scoring is going to be there if it is Eflin versus Barrios. 9 or less, we'll be looking at an over 9.5 prior to the under, and the Blue Jays wind up saying them minus 162 in the case of Barrios versus Eflin. 979-980 on the banging board. The Minnesota Twins play the Milwaukee Brewers. Jason Alexander, no, not the comedian, going to be going for the crew, and Josh Winder is going to be on the bump for the Twins. The Twins are finding themselves as a favorite of anywhere between minus 130 and minus 135. Meanwhile, if you're taking a look at the crew, it's anywhere between plus 115 and plus 129 is your total. The over and the under, anywhere between minus 105 and minus 115, and with the crew, set them as a plus 144 underdog. I cannot back my own state in this one. You've got a guy, Winder, who has been relatively solid for the Minnesota Twins. He's sort of been up and down from the minors to the majors, not wipeout stuff as his strikeouts per nine rate hovering in the neighborhood of six, but he's been able to do a nice job holding down the four and Home and road, he's been equal. 312 road ERA, 314 home ERA. Has not given up a lot of walks, right around 2.5, 2.6 walks per nine innings. And for Jason Alexander, I mean, I talk about Winder not having a lot of swing and miss stuff. This guy is giving you right around 4.2 strikeouts per nine innings. And on top of that, he's giving up nearly four walks per nine innings. His 475 ERA really feels like it's built on sand right now because 
And this is a gentleman that's given up just three home runs over the course of 36 innings. He's very much relying upon getting lucky ground balls. And I don't know how much longer he's going to be able to sustain it. And for the Milwaukee Brewers, Devin Williams, Josh Hader. This is a great eighth and ninth inning duo. Jason Alexander, though, is not going to provide a lot of length to be able to give you seven innings to be able to give you that bridge. So, going to need to rely upon some of the other guys. Hoping Milner has a sub-3 ERA along with Brad Boxberger. Brent Suter has been lowering his ERA recently over the last 30 days, right around a 3-1 ERA. So, it's been a little bit better for this Brewers team. But when Chichi Gonzalez is giving you long relief, along with Trevor Gott, and it's not SCT terrific. And for the Minnesota Twins, Jeff Griffin Jacks, along with Johan Duran, both of these guys have been very solid out there in the bullpen for Duran. He leads the big leagues in terms of pitches thrown at 100 plus miles per hour. Both of these guys are posting up ERAs that are hovering in the neighborhood of three, if not a little bit lower. Jarrell Cotton along with Yuan Duran, more around a 2-6 ERA for both of these gentlemen. You've been able to have Giovanni Morin be able to give you some solid innings as well. So you've got some guys that are able to do a nice job there. And for the Minnesota Twins, you've got Byron Bucks, who has not really been hitting for average this season, but I mean, the power numbers have been absolutely tremendous. He's been able to get a home run every, I would say, about 11 or so at-bats, 23 bombs and 250 at-bats thus far this season. Luis Arias, he's doing an amazing job getting on base, hitting nearly a 350. Carlos Gray has seen a little bit of a dip in his batting average recently, but he and Nick Gordon hitting between about a 270 to a 280. Gio Urshela, along with Alex Kurloff, Jose Miranda, they're moving the line as Kurloff and Urshela hitting between about a 260 to a 270. And then for Miranda, he's been able to hit about a 250. And Ore Palanco, 12 home runs in a limited amount of at-bats. He and Max Kepler have been solid at being able to get on base. And for the Milwaukee Brewers. Other than Mark Brasso, you really don't have a guy hitting above a 260 for the team of Brasso. He has been off and on injured all season long. Rowdy Tellez, along with William Adams, giving you 17 home runs, but Hunter Renfro being on the fold, that has really hurt the team. And you've just got a big, giant logjam of guys in between, I would say, about a 238 to, we're going to call it a 253. Andrew McCutcheon, Omar Nervias, Christian Yelich, Renfro is currently on the injured list. Jace Peterson, Victor Carantini, Casanero, all in that fold. And for Willie Adams, he's got the power, but he's only in a 217 for this bunch. So I do think that Winder going to be able to do a solid job of making it a winding road for the Milwaukee Brewers. I did wind up setting my total at a 9.1 just because I do think that both of these bullpens are going to get hit up a little bit with a pair of pitcher contact guys. I do think that you're going to get a little bit more hard contact as well. So looking over and looking twins. And we're going to have things up with 981, 982 on the bang board. The Baltimore Orioles. They throw it to face off against the Chicago Cubs as it's going to be Adrian Sampson who goes for the Cubs and Jordan Lyles is on the bump for the Orioles. Well, to pick them game here with the Cubs, you're finding them anywhere between minus 110 and minus 120. Even money to plus 105 is your price on Baltimore. 8.5 to 9 is your total on the 8.5 overs minus 120 and the under is even on the 9. Unders anywhere between minus 110 and minus 120. The overs anywhere between even and minus 110 because the Cubs wound up having an off day. It allowed bookmakers a little bit of time to be able to set a number on this one. There are still quite a few books that they have not posted up a number. Right now what I'm seeing is that the wind it's going to be a little bit more directional it's not going to have too much of an impact either for or against more home runs in this game so as a result I do wind up saying my total at an 8.2 I'm going to be taking a look at the under because you do have a Orioles bullpen that has been absolutely lights out all season long as you've really got a quadrant of guys that have been very trustworthy for this team CNL Perez Ore Lopez these have been two of the more headliners out there in the back half of the bullpen but you're able to throw in there Felix Batista as well all these guys posting up a 
250 ERA or less. Keegan Aiken, he's been able to lend some long relief. He's been able to give you right around a 2-3 ERA. Dylan Tate, seeing a little bit of regression, but he and Joey Crebo both have a 261 ERA or better. So all these guys have been able to do a very solid job of performing. You do take a look at the lineup of the Baltimore Orioles and got a lot of guys that are doing a solid job of being a reach base for you. Trey Boom Boom Mancini along with Ryan Mountcastle in between about a 275 to a 285. And then you've got Ryan McKenna along with Anthony Santander and Ramon Odias in between a 238 to a 248. Santander has been the main home run hitter for the team. He and Ryan Mountcastle both between 14 and 15 home runs apiece. Cedric Mullins, he's hitting a 260, but over the last 30 days, he's been able to do a solid job hitting right in the neighborhood about a 280. But you do have a couple slugs when it comes to this lineup as you got guys like Richie Martin, Tyler Nevin, Ore Mateo, Rudan Odor in a 205 or lower. But Mateo, 21 stolen bases. That's one of the top marks out there in the big leagues. And Rudin Andrador has had a couple big hits recently. I do think that they're going to have a little bit of a tough time with the Cubs, though, because the Cubs, they've got a lot of guys that are able to get on base. Wilson Contreras has been dealing with a little bit of an injury. And Patrick Wisdom, he's on base to strike out more than 200 times this season. But with Wisdom, he has been able to lend his wisdom with regards to the power 17 home runs thus far this season. B.J. Higgins, David Bodie throwing their Ian App. These guys are in between a 275 to a 280. And with Nico Horner, he's been able to hit above a 300 for this bunch. Really, other than Patrick Wisdom, though, you don't have a single guy that's been able to give you more than nine home runs this season. That's been Christopher Morrell. He's been solid. Singing right around a 265 for this team. Rafael Ortega is hitting a 350 with regards to the on-base percentage, but Cubs bullpen in the bottom three in the big leagues in terms of ERA. Chris Martin has nearly a four ERA along with Michael Gibbons. Anderson Espinosa is right now being looked to for innings. Rowan Wick after a very solid start to the season. He's got an earth of a four ERA. That's been a little bit unsightly, but Adrian Sampson, under the radar, has been doing a very good job in his starts. Not much of a swing and miss guy. He's been able to get right around eight strikeouts per nine innings and a relatively small sample size, but he's given up just two home runs over the course of 21 and two-thirds innings, and if you wind up dating this back to last year, and I would say right in the neighborhood of about, we're going to call it 55-ish innings, he has been doing a very solid job despite the fact that he's given up right around 1.7 home runs per nine innings. He's posted up a sub-three ERA, doesn't wind up allowing a lot of walks, and the reason why I did wind up saying the um, Orioles as a plus-160 in underdog is that I just don't have any faith in Jordan Lyles on the road. He's got a 450 ERA, and this is an Orioles team that they come in white hot. They've won eight straight games, but for Lyles, 589 ERA on the road, 272 home ERA. All 12 of his home runs have been given up on the road, giving up nearly two home runs per nine innings on the road. Very much a pitch contact guy. His opponents, 273 off of him. His swing and miss stuff has been up a little bit more this season, but I mean that still yields right around, we're going to call it seven and a half-ish strikeouts per nine innings. So that is a little bit of an issue. I do think that the Cubs are going to be able to get to him, and I think that Adrian Sampson being a little bit underpriced here, won't lay up to a minus 115 here with the Cubs. So my total at 8.2, so looking at the 8.5 and, and 9 under as well. Now we're at up for the Tuesday edition of the Baseball Betting Show, now part of the VEASAN Family Podcast. A big thanks to Jeff Parles of VEASAN for joining me in the last segment. If you do like hearing from this fine podcast, the Baseball Betting Show, you're able to subscribe wherever your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. If you've got a question, comment, segment, idea, whatever you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways to go for those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at June and underscore D1. Keep in mind, letters CM, Amy knows that matter, so as per usual, please just send these into the timeline. The other way is find an Apple Podcast review. If you're in this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated from there. Terrible find whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast. So I have the five-star review coming at you guys every single day throughout the baseball season, which means I'm coming at you once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in.
at Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Viking. Committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, cultural enrichment, and all-inclusive fares. Discover more at viking.com.